Welcome, everybody. We are back. It is the Stingers Up Sacramento State Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Ross. Looking forward to another exciting year of Sacramento State football. We will have our regular routine as the podcast roll along, but we're back to get you started for 2023. And the way we'll start is like we did last year as well. We're going to start today with a preview of the offense. We're going to hear from the five offensive coaches, some new members to this squad. Of course, the head coach now, Andy Thompson, takes over fully in the duty as the head coach. Still will have his fingerprints all over the defense. But on episode one of Stingers Up, we're going to talk about for this season the offense. And where we're going to begin is with a guy who has got the title as well, back with the program. Very excited that he's back. Associate head coach, run game coordinator, offensive line coach, and really has done a tremendous job with this program. So let's start our previews and looking at a very important piece to the puzzle, the offensive line of Sacramento State. So to do that, let's hear from the associate head coach and O-line coach, Chris Richardson. So we're here with associate head coach, offensive line coach, and I know a lot of Hornet fans are happy that uh, Coach Richardson, you are back uh, coaching this group. Um, Kind of let's go to that on a personal level. Like, you know, the offseason, a little different, a little weird. Um, You're so connected with Troy Taylor, but you've been away from him as well. Uh, You decide to stay a Hornet. We're all glad you're here. How was the kind of that whole, I don't know if it's circus, but just how you processed all of that? Yeah, no, I mean, again, once once Troy made the decision to leave, um, you know, obviously there was some uncertainty on on what direction, you know, that the the president was going to go in. And, and, uh, you know, again, myself, Bobby Frescas, Andy Thompson all got together and all said we wanted to stay here and support whoever got, you know, the, the head coaching job. And, and I know I went into the interview thinking, hey, I'll, I'll take it if they think I'm the best guy. But, you know, in my heart of hearts, I knew that, uh, you know, Andy was the guy, in my opinion, nothing against Bobby and myself. But I think we both felt like Andy was the right choice. You know, he's numerous years of big sky experience and, and uh, ready to take that job. And it, it kept me right where I want to be, which is, you know, helping Andy as the associate head coach and in the O-line room, because that's at the end of the day, I've been the head high school coach for 15 years. I've done the head coaching thing. I'm at my best when I'm in the O-line room, and that's that's where I that's where I feel at home the most. Well, I know you got a good O-line to talk about. Yeah. Before we even get to that, too, how about just the status you guys have helped build to the three years of success, yeah. back-to-back-to-back championships, and a lot of guys coming back. Feels like you're on the making of, a, of another big year. Absolutely. That was a big part of one of the reasons we wanted to stay. And what drew me to coming to Sac State was how we've always felt that, you know, we kind of always felt that this was kind of the sleeping giant, um, that we felt like if we recruited as many local kids mixed in with everybody else, um, you know, but make a, uh, our, our imprint on the local recruiting um, and run our style of football, both uh, on defense and offense, um, that we felt like we could win and win for a lot of years here. And that was the draw for me, the ability to, you know, after a 24-year career coaching high school, to just drive down the freeway 10 minutes to Sac State and uh, and build something, you know, uh, special here. And, you know, we're, we're three years and three Big Sky championships. And, you know, every, now, you know, when you talk, everyone's talking about national championship. That, that wasn't in the conversation when we took the job. You know, yeah. we were just trying to, you know, win games, and that's still the process. I we talk about it all the time. It's just one game at a time. You can only control what you can control. Get better every day. Get better every week, and hopefully, at the end of the thing, you're you're in the mix. You know, and and we've done that here. That was 
you know, Troy's mantra. It's our mantra here still. One game at a time, get better every day, compete, you know, like crazy. And, and uh, you know, on our perspective as coaches, recruit the best players, play the best guys, and, and make it where it's fun to, to be a part of football. Yeah, well, you win games in the trenches. You know that. And your O-line last year was tremendous. As an O-line coach, knowing just anchor pieces, Jackson Slater coming back, Nathan Mejia, Ivan Garza, I don't know if it makes you sleep easier, but knowing that you've got at least those three, along with others coming back, how much, uh, how, how exciting does that make you for yeah, the season? Yeah, big time. And that was a big part of it. You know, when, when all the, the transition was going from Coach Taylor to Coach Thompson, um, some of the old line guys, they were worried I was leaving. I mm-hmm. think everyone just assumed Troy's yeah. going, I'm going, mm-hmm. you know. And, 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 you know, it was, it was, you know, Troy was awesome, could have went. I wanted to stay, right? And I, I went right to the old line room. I said, hey, I'm staying if you're staying, you know, or, you know, so that was the conversation. I'm staying here. You guys stay here. And that, I know I had numerous guys, Jackson, Nate, all those guys that they said, as long as, as I'm running the old line room, they're not going anywhere, which is awesome. Awesome to hear. And uh, again, we have great pieces here. Like you said, we got Troy Stiefel's a 26 game starter. You got Ivan Garza's a 25 game starter. Jackson and, and Nate Mejia both garnered all American honors last year you got Kendall Riley who plugged in you know when when Troy went down last year uh moved you know Brandon Weldon who's doing great up in Canada uh plugged Kendall Riley in and we just kept right on plugging and then we got some great young players Sawyer Hayes Aiden Meek Caden Richardson we got a deep O-line group and uh it's exciting they're a bunch of great guys we work really hard it's totally the lunch pail bunch kind of attitude uh we just show up every day we know that at the end of the day, if we're doing our job, they're going to talk about the quarterbacks. They're going to talk about the running backs. But at the end of the day, if we're breaking school records and rushing and we're, we're one of the top 10 teams in terms of sacks allowed, then we're winning a lot of football games. You have a group that's 20 deep. Um, and as you've now established this back-to-back-to-back Big Sky Championship, have you found it easier to find whatever the quote-unquote your guy is for O-line to come to the school? It's definitely aided the recruiting process for sure. You know, when we first got here, you know, we're beating the bushes, trying to find guys that, you know, um, to be honest, guys didn't want to come to Sac State. There were a lot of guys that would rather, you know, take a walk on at a, at a Pac-12 or a Mountain West school. And, um, you know, we've found those guys. We've found some really good recruits. You know, if you're looking, you can find them. Um, but now, you know, when you win three straight back to, you know, yeah. Big Sky Championships, now when you go talk to kids, they're aware of what we're doing. Um, again, we've had, you know, the first year we had two all-conference guys. Then it was three all-conference guys. Last year we had four all-conference guys. Probably should have been five. You know, Ivan Garza, to me, was an all-conference caliber guy. So, and, and we're getting guys to the next level, you know. So, um, now when you go out recruiting, especially me on the O-line, um, you know, I can, I can get in the mix and have conversations with guys that are being offered by Fresno State and San Jose State and some of the Mountain West schools, and they want to come here. Mm-hmm. You know, Richard McKay is an example of that. He had Fresno State. He chose Sac State, you know. So, um, we're, we're right there. So, again, you have success. Kids want to be a part of it, you know. We know the nature of the sport. Injuries happen, but you feel with 20, your depth. I mean, you usually play 10, sometimes 11. You, you got the depth this year? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's always a part of it. You know, we got we, we are we do have 20 guys in the O-line room. Um, and, again, you, I'm trying to develop all 20. You know, that's my – that's, I think, one of the things, being a high school coach for as long as I have uh, or was, that my, my commitment is to develop all of my guys in my room. 
Um, yeah, we're going to have our starters, but I got to have the, the guys that are group two, group three, group four ready to go because sometimes in football, you know, you always want to stay healthy, but when, when stuff's going bad, you got to have the next guy up. And uh, we, we have that. feel like, uh, again, you know, we're, we're eight or nine deep with guys with experience and uh, got some really talented young freshmen coming in, Kate Gretline, Jose Soto, Rich McKay, Davis May, all guys to me that could play early if I needed them to. The beauty is, is I've got enough experience and depth where I might not need to so I can continue to develop those young guys. So you've kept it in the family before. You've coached Cooper and Caden. Caden's yeah. still here. Now Cooper's helping out coaching. How's yeah. how's that? How's he doing as a coach? Oh, he's doing awesome. Yeah. You know, as a, on, you know, it's that's the nature of the beast with you know professional football. You know, we it uh, it didn't work out where he got released this summer, and you know, kind of just made the decision that hey, I'm 25 years old. Time for me to jump into coaching ranks. Nice. Even though I've tried to give him advice to maybe <laughs> hey, you want to do sales or yeah. teaching or, but he wanted to do it, and luckily Andy was a accepting to it he's stepped right in he's an awesome teacher already um great you know for the young guys to talk to and for me i got a, a guy that understands when i say hey uh, give me a cut up of x y and z mm -hmm. because this is what i'm looking for i've coached him makes life easy i don't yeah. need to re-explain everything he knows what i want and knows the expectation and he's been a great addition to our to our staff all right, last thing for you. I know you're locked in on your on your offensive line room, but you got other weapons around you, the yeah. skill players. What do you think of the offense overall? What you've seen? Yeah, what I've seen, again, I I see a bunch of guys that that can play football. You know, again, we got you know quarterback room is as good as it's been since we've been here. You know, and that's no, I'm not you know again, but Caden Bennett, Carson Camp, Carson Conklin, those guys are competing. They look fantastic different each of them can do something a little bit different so again we'll see how the quarterback room sorts out we know Marcus Fulcher can be a big time big time running back in this conference I think he's one of the best guys in the country Tal Elijah Tal Tolliver Ezra Malini so we got depth in the running back room again our receivers are explosive and fast they're now they're some of these young guys like Devin Gandy and and uh, Jared Gibson and Carlos Wilson these are guys now that are again they, they're experienced in our system. Tyson Prince is a you know wide, our new wide receiver coach. He's done a great job with those guys, and I feel like we're as, as explosive and dynamic as ever. So I don't foresee a drop off. You know we're just running the same stuff that we ran at Folsom, similar stuff that you know Troy, Bobby, and I had developed. So there's not this big drastic change in offensive schemes, which is again another piece that was so exciting about staying here with Coach Frescas and I. We, we did it at Folsom after yeah. Troy. It's, it's the same stuff. Seamless. You know, and, and again, so it got the got the old line room, got the quarterback coach, added two great skill guys. You got Coach LaPan coaching the tight ends and special teams. On the offensive side, we're full steam ahead. We have high expectations of what we want to do, score lots of points, get lots of yards, and, and uh, make life easy on our defense. Bet you can't wait. Um, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm ready to roll. All right, from the experience in this Hornet program of Chris Richardson, let's welcome in the first of our new faces to this coaching staff, wide receiver coach and passing game coordinator Tyson Prince. Pretty good resume for him. Excited to be a member of the Hornets and had a chance to catch up with him and learn about that wide receiver group he has. Uh, coach, um, let's start with your background. Like kind of how, how it came about. How did uh, Coach Thompson and the Hornets lure you in? Man, so it uh... – it really started back in 2019, uh, got into the coaching game. I was at Fresno State, 
working with uh, Kirby Moore. He was a receiver coach. He's now the OC at uh, Missouri. Bounced around with them. Um, ended up staying in the, the Mountain West Conference there in 2021 and got on with Boise State. And this was probably the biggest connection I had with uh, Coach Plow. He's the offensive coordinator mm-hmm. there. Um, he's got some big sky history. He was at UC Davis for a while, um, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, he's a great dude and just stayed in contact with him. And um, last year I was at the University of Washington. We had some success there and, uh, you know, was looking to get my first job and reached out to some people to, to get in contact with some of the coaches here. And um, Coach Plow and Coach Thompson have a, a deep history there too. So they kind of got me connected together and I got a, got a shot to interview and ended up uh, getting the job. So very thankful for the opportunity well i'm I'm not saying this just because i'm sitting in front of you talking to you but i've heard very good things and people are thinking this is good news for the hornets that you hear but you may not be here long there's a lot of talk like you're going to be moving up the ladder which i'm sure is flattering to to hear yeah uh i mean i'm just trying to take one season at a time right now um i've been bouncing around a ton Mm -hmm. early in my career i have not been a place two consecutive years since graduating college but you know that was all to kind of get the first job um and so right now I'm just happy to be here and I'm not not looking down the road too much you know when my time comes it it comes but I'm really excited about the culture here and and the room that I got and I got a lot of good young guys and I want to see them get developed and and win here so um, it is flattering to hear that but I'm definitely not looking too far down the road in your mind what makes a good coach what will what what gets through to these guys what makes a good coach uh I think there's a bunch of different ways to be a good coach it's really just finding a way to connect your players and there's not one formula to that um I like to use my youth as an advantage but I'm not saying like older coaches aren't mm-hmm. good you know obviously a lot of people trust the the veteran coaches and they've done it for a while um but I think you have to be able to connect to your players and, and build the trust off the field before they listen to you on the field you know the saying of they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care mm-hmm. right so you kind of got to build that uh that trust value with them before you go out there and tell them what to do and, and boss them around mm-hmm. right and and just treating these young adults like men and not just, hey, my players, where anything I say goes, you know, it's kind of back and forth with them because they've been playing football for a long time too. So um, kind of just using all the input, finding the best ways to get stuff done. You know? Well, let's uh, learn about your room. 16 receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, people hear the name Pierre Williams no longer here, but there's a lot of experience coming back. What do you what do you have in these 16 guys? Um I think I got a lot of hungry guys here. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna miss Pierre for sure. He had a lot of production, um, but I think there's a lot of young guys and veteran young guys. You know, the, the COVID sophomores right now that are ready to contribute. They've been in this program for a couple of years now, and they've seen success, and they really want to have a chance to be a main contributor to that success. Um, a lot of talent. We're we're deep with a, a lot of different play styles and personalities. We got the speed. We got the size. We got bigger bodies in the slot, more agile guys in the slot, guys that can go up and get it, catch and run guys. So um, I really have a good mixture of guys all in my room that are just ready to contribute. And it, and it seems like the way this offense has been designed over the last couple of years, it, the receivers need to be versatile. There might be five wide. There might be two receivers blocking down. Like, you guys kind of have to do it all, don't you? Absolutely, absolutely. We're multiple personnel. Um, I don't think there's – terms for offenses like there was in the in the old days we're saying you're just a west coast or a pro style like offenses have just developed into what they are so it's a mixture of all good football in my eyes right so we'll be in the slot blocking linebackers and also trying to be out wide digging out corners safeties also they need to take the top off you know so like you're saying 
Um, who knows? We might even see him in the backfield a little bit, you know. Yeah. So we'll see. Do you find – have you found that there's – is there a leader of this group? Is there someone that's been more vocal or kind of collective so far? I think it's a collective effort because um, we really don't have that, that returning – senior that has been the guy in the room so it's been a collective effort of the group and I think they've done a great job all kind of just leading by example um I don't think we have a vocal leader in that room which is fine you don't you don't need to have a ton of that I think we've had um the correct leaders on the team step up you know obviously we need it in the quarterback room and and uh Marshall on offense they'll they'll kind of all fall in line and, and see how it's supposed to be done so um no I wouldn't say we have a vocal leader but all of them have been leading by example it also seems like it could be a luxury where maybe there's not one guy that's going to get, you know, maybe Carlos Hill gets 10 targets today, but then the next game he gets two because Parker Clayton's getting more or Gibson or Miller. Like, what does that depth do for you? It just, it it's a security blanket, you know, where it's not just, hey, we're counting on one guy. I got six guys, seven guys that I could throw out there and, and not bat an eye at and just know that in this offense, the ball is going to find the right person, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, we could manufacture stuff to get people touches but if we just play our game the ball is going to go to the open person and that could be whoever it is based off what the defense is giving us so um, that's why it's so exciting to have this depth and just go and let these guys go out there and play and uh, just let the ball find the, the open man and let them go be explosive so your experiences is taking like you said fresno state washington other places what's your first well you've been here a while now but since january but your impressions of haven't had a game yet as a hornet but just the program the coaches the area all that uh love the coaching staff um it's really a family oriented environment and just the the opportunity that they've given me to to come in here and kind of put my stamp on things has been very welcoming and and uh open arms so it's a, a welcoming environment to come in here and kind of do my thing and um the city itself i love sacramento you know i found some good food spots you know my my girlfriend now fiance sorry Congrats. about that sorry cass um, <laughs> she's found the the good spots around town and outside of town we're, we're big fans of napa mm. so we've gone out there in tahoe so it's it's just a really it's a gold mine area around here um so my first what is it now seven months here have been uh, awesome i'm just ready for the season to get started yeah. well, well congrats and uh, welcome to sacramento thank you thank you from Coach Tyson Prince, we welcome in another new face to the Hornet program. This is familiar to a lot of college football fans. Donnell Pumphrey, an amazing running back at San Diego State. In fact, the all-time leading rusher in college football history. Can do really well with this running back room. So let's learn from the new coach of the running backs, Donnell Pumphrey. All right, let's welcome in a another new Sacramento State Hornet head coach, Donnell Pumphrey. First off, welcome to Sacramento. How did this all come about for you? Uh, honestly, because uh, Austin Cooper, mm-hmm. who's a linebacker coach, me and him played. We grew up together, okay. so we played Pop Warner High School together. And he ended up getting hired a month prior to me, and um, they ended up having two, two basically a running back coach left twice, mm-hmm. you know. And and he ended up hitting me up asking if I was interested, and and really went from there. So our head coach, he has a relationship with with my old running back coach when I played at San Diego State. He used to actually go up to San Diego State a lot and do the little the clinics and stuff so there was kind of that relationship there and kind of reached out and and, you know it was a mutual thing I was interested and and now I'm here tell us a little bit about your running back room because if I'm walking in the running back room the first day I'm like hey guys I don't know if you know this but I'm the all-time leading rusher in college football (laughs) history I would probably say that all the time I don't know how you do that but how has your your room and your relationship with your guys been well I have a great relationship with every single one of them they they all bring different things to the room and 
and honestly, that's that's the best thing about it is they're all different in, in different aspects. I have Marcus Fulcher, who's who he's pretty much a, a back that I can rely on, do everything. He can catch the ball, run the ball in between the tackles, make guys miss. Um, you got Tal Tolliver, who's who's kind of backing him up. Who's he's our special teams demon, but he's probably the most back that I trust the most. Um, as far as catching the ball at the backfield, knowing his protections and assignments, all the above. And then there's Ezra Molini, who who he's gonna he's gonna be that back that a lot of people don't know about, but he's gonna wow you when he comes to the field. He's my bruiser back that mm-hmm. breaks a lot of tackles. He he came from San Mateo Junior College, so he's experienced back that ran for sixteen hundred yard sixteen hundred yards at that level. So I'm pretty much excited. And then we got a uh, we have five other younger backs that are that are they have tremendous upside and, and I look forward to you know building them up and, and continuing to see mm-hmm. see how they get into this offense do you feel like one or more are the leaders of that group like who are your leaders or your running backs my leaders of that group are, are probably those top three you got Marcus Fulcher who's been here the longest um you have Ezra who's probably my most mature back out of the group um, and that's because he has a fiance he, he has a baby as, as well and then you got Tal Tolliver who, who he knows every single thing within the offense like he knows what the receivers are doing all the above so then obviously you got Elijah Gable who's been in the program mm-hmm. a long time as well you know so they pretty much all have been like um, big brothers to to my younger backs yeah. and I'm definitely grateful for that there was I mean the group was really good last year and I'm sure a lot of them heard and watched a lot about Cameron Scadaboo was a great mm-hmm. runner but does this group do you get the sense too like they want to especially Fulcher who mm-hmm. had a great year but it's like yeah, I'm pretty good here, too. Absolutely. Are these guys kind of ready to make their own name for themselves? Oh, for sure. Fulcher's more than excited. Yeah. And and we've had that conversation when I first got hired because he felt like he was kind of overlooked as mm-hmm. as that back, kind of being that, that shadow back behind Scadaboo. But I, I think that Fulcher, he's he's going to be a back that's going to, you know, help us a lot this year. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, watching him tote that rock. I, I see him running for 1,000 yards yeah. plus, you mm-hmm. know, and then – even the backs behind them, they have a lot to prove as well, you know, especially because, like I said, Ezra, he ran for 1,600 yards at the college level, so he, he's looking to prove himself at this FCS level. And then Tal Tolliver is kind of feeling like how Fulch was mm-hmm. feeling the past few years. He feels like he's should, he, he can be a number one guy, but it's just one of those things he just has to wait his turn. Yeah. But, but I think, like I said, those three are going to find ways to – to help us in, in many ways, and they're all going to be toning the rock for us this season. Yeah, this offense in the past has been fast and moves quickly, so are you just, like, shuttling those guys in and out as ever fresh, just unleash fresh guys on the defense? Absolutely, just keeping them fresh as, as, as much as possible. Obviously, there's going to be times where maybe Fulch is leading us all the way downfield, mm-hmm. and he may get tired once we get to the 20-yard line, but at the end of the day, he has to realize that it's, it's all about our position group as well as the team success. You know what I mean? Like, he can't get mad because – he got us down there, and we're not giving him the touchdown. So at the end of the day, we have one goal in mind, and that's you know to win a national championship. Lastly, from your experience, obviously so successful in college, what what makes a great running back? A great running back is one um, being a smart back. Um, you have to know the situation because there's times where it's third and one, fourth and one. We're not looking for you to have an explosive run. We're looking for you to just you know get that one yard for us. You know what I mean? You got to be able to catch the ball at the backfield you have to be able to protect the quarterback in many ways you can't just expect to do things with the ball it's what I'm tra- I'm telling my guys it's what you do without the ball that's mm-hmm. gonna make a, a bigger impact to our team because every running back in our room we know what you guys can do with the ball but at the end of the day you got to be able to block give effort chasing the ball because 
there was a specific play that we had in training camp to where it was a pass concept and our running back towels on a swing route the ball didn't find him and Caden Bennett ended up taking off 60 yards towered up you know chasing him down and ended up getting the, the lead block and mm-hmm. that was the difference from a touchdown and a 40 yard game mm-hmm. you know what I mean so that's that's a way that I'm trying to get my guys to to be impactful to, to our offense yeah. I'm sure that looked good on film for you as a coach You're like absolutely. this is exactly what we want to do absolutely yeah. and, and coach actually showed that in the team meeting nice. as one of those effort plays yeah. you know awesome well uh we're looking forward to it welcome to Sacramento thank you man I'm looking forward to this season Thank you to Coach Pumphrey there. Now let's transition to a name Hornet fans have known for years. Bobby Frescas, a quarterback at Sacramento State, has been in the general area as a coach in many different programs and certainly back here as the Hornet quarterback coach for years, but now an associate head coach, offensive coordinator, working with the quarterbacks as well. He will be calling plays for this, what we hope to be another dynamic year of a Hornet offense. Here's uh, my conversation with Bobby Frescas. All right, here we go with uh, Bobby Frescas. Let's see, associate head coach, offensive coordinator, quarterback coach. Uh, a lot of titles now, Bobby. Yeah. How's that? Uh, how's that all sound to you? Awesome. You forgot fundraiser. <laughs> <laughs> how's that going? That's probably the most important one. It is during the off season. It's yeah. nice because it gets me uh, out there in the community and dealing with people that I've known for many years, and a lot of them are teammates, and a lot of them are at giving age, mm-hmm. where you know they're empty nesters, kind of yeah. like I'm going to become this year, where. Nice. They want to be involved with the program. They want to help out, and it's awesome uh, to get them back into the program. As far as your offseason, personally, I, you, you go for the head coaching job. So does Coach Richardson. Yeah. So does Andy Thompson. It feels good the way it ended. I, you know, I'm sure there was some – you wanted the job, but then you're still here and you've got a, a, a very important position. Just from your perspective, how did that all go down? How do you feel about it going forward? You know, going into it, we had all collaborated. So we were all willing to work for one another and – just getting that opportunity provided, I wanted to stay. And, you know, when we had the success in the three years prior, you know, a lot of people would ask, and sometimes people would negatively recruit, saying, well, that staff's not going to be there. Mm-hmm. I had the same answer since the day I arrived here. And just because we had success, I had no intention of leaving. So I always told the players, first, I'd like to get the head job if it presents itself. If not, I'd like to get the coordinator job. And then if those don't, two don't work out, maybe the writing's on the wall, it's time to leave. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it, it uh, provided an, an opportunity for me and my family to stay in town at my alma mater and yeah. our community. And I didn't, I didn't want to leave. And, you know, what we're doing here, it's we haven't got to where we ultimately want to mm-hmm. go and win a national championship. And that's pretty hard to do at the FBS, FBS level if you're not in the SEC. Yeah, true. <laughs> so I think we have an opportunity to do that at some time, mm-hmm. you know, and we have a good team coming back. And at this point in my career, I want to, you know, kind of stay on the path and focus on, you know, significance and, you know, relating to these players and being a significant role role model for them. I know when you played here, there was some success. When you were coaching in the community, some success here, but not like you guys have had. I mean, the three back-to-back-to-back Big Sky Championships, everybody always said Sleeping Giant. Did you even envision what you guys have just done was possible? I did, and the only reason, because I've been so closely associated with the program in my 31 years. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I finished playing here in 92, but when we first came here, we talked about that, and 
there was an opportunity that we could have got the job when they gave it to to Coach Sears, mm-hmm. you know, and he had a winning season, yeah. so they extended his contract. But there's an opportunity for us to come then, and it was always the talk that this place had huge potential, you know, to to uh, win at a high level, you know, and you just need some stability and some success and have that feed off of uh, one another. But it has always been there. And, you know, and you talk to people around the league, around the country, they always mention how Sac State always gets a yeah. lot of speed, a lot of great skilled players. But now you couple that with a great O-line and D-line like we have and, you know, the continuity and staff that we've been able to keep, you know, since uh, since Troy left, you know, it's a recipe for success. Yeah. Let's talk about your quarterback room. Um, everybody looks at that first. So you lose Jake Dunaway, Ash O'Hara, wildly successful. But you got a room that looks pretty good to start the year. What's your thoughts on the four guys you have at QB? Um, it's a great room. It's the deepest room we've had since I've been here. Um, you know, Jake Dunaway comes around the program every once in a while, and you know he's able to watch, and we're able to converse. He's up playing in Ottawa now, but you know he probably said it best. He's like, these guys are a lot more talented than Ash and I, mm. and those two were really good. Ash was such a savvy and crafty runner, and threw the ball better, you know, than people may would give credit. And then Jake, you know, was he was just like a, a field general out there, like a coach on the field. You know, so those guys have a lot of mileage. These guys don't necessarily have that mileage. But as far as the talent level, they have a lot of talent to work with, and they're growing into the position and making good decisions, which is what we're going to base our decision on. And it's a very competitive room. And those guys are just driving each other and making each other better. And I think we're going to end up with a good result. Yeah, watching camp, watching scrimmages, watching practice. I mean, you're playing them all. I mean, everybody's getting their reps. So I'll start with Caden, who most fans would know the most. You've had him a long time. You know him. Uh, What do you have in Caden Bennett? An extremely explosive and talented guy, you know, with his legs, who throws the ball very well based on the experience he's had from high school playing for us at Folsom to uh, this point in his career because he's thrown the ball a lot. And that's how we try to rate quarterbacks from high school because you don't know exact the exact coaching that they're getting. But if they're in a system that throws the ball and they have a lot of yardage, a lot of touchdowns with not a lot of interceptions, you know, I think that's the best barometer you know, to, to uh, recruit a quarterback. And he has all that. So now it's just really getting that on-the-field experience. Mm-hmm. And he's getting it. He's got it ever since last spring, and he's just growing and getting better each day. So he's really pushing for that job. Carson Camps played a lot of college football, South Dakota, very successful there. What do you have in uh, more of a conventional passer, but he's a good athlete too. Yeah, definitely a good athlete. Mm-hmm. He, he runs the ball better than you think, mm-hmm. you know, a lot like Jake you know, would do. And he's extremely cerebral guy. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of mileage under his belt, too. He has 22 starts at the collegiate level. Um, if he's not the guy, it's not going to be for not being prepared. Mm-hmm. That guy is in here every day. If, if I'm not here, he'll be over there with Coach Prince or he'll be watching film with the guys. That guy is a true professional, and he's going to give himself the best opportunity to be the guy. Another Carson. Carson Conklin comes in pretty decorated. Looks looks talented to me. You'd be the better evaluator of that, playing the position and coaching it. But uh, you got to be excited about the freshman. Now, Carson is very much in the mix. Mm-hmm. And he played at a high level down there at Centennial High School. And when we were recruiting him last year, you know, we wanted to watch game film because, of course, the highlight film looks always looks good. But his game film looked great, but especially in the big games. 
I mean, they should have beat Modern Day in his junior year, and he was playing incredibly well. And, you know, he did that. He just happened to be sharing time with a five-star quarterback, which to me says a lot because he was a three-star quarterback himself. But if I was the five-star guy sharing time with a, a guy, mm-hmm. you know, it must mean he's pretty good. Yeah. So Carson came up here in January. He's able to learn the offense, and he's he's growing into the position, and he just does some things that are very special. And just comes with uh, him being a football junkie. Yeah. He makes plays out there, and he's uh, definitely has good legs as well, so he can run and throw, and he's definitely in the mix. Nice. And then uh, you have to round out the room. You have Joey Cook. I think he was a late add. He had some nice throws at the scrimmage. What do you what do you see in him? Oh, Joey comes from a great program. Uh, he only played one year at Marin Catholic, but then he was at um, another school out there, San Marin. Mm his junior year where I believe they were 15-0 and state wow. champions. Okay. So for him to transfer to Marin Catholic, you know, it's a little bit of a surprise, but Marin Catholic has a very good reputation, and uh, they've had a lot of success. You know, of course, Jared Goff went there. So he went there, and I think they lost in the semifinals, but uh, is a really good quarterback, very competitive, great fit because he was that late addition where, you know, it's going to take a while for him to get caught up to the other guys, but the potential is there. Yeah. and. He's a great addition to the room. The funny thing is, probably the question you know that I would get asked most covering you guys was, uh, do they really play two quarterbacks? And for a couple of years, you guys did. You guys obviously aren't afraid to do that. Maybe even play three this year. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. The uh, the uh, situation will present. Mm-hmm. You know what's going to happen. You know, so I'd like to think that you know one guy would emerge, but they're both playing really well right now, and I'd like to think that there's no way. You can go through a game and just play one guy right now. It's because if it's Carson Camp, we'd have to get KB on the field somehow because he's so explosive, both pass and run. Yeah. You know, if you're going to play coverage and he takes off running, he could score from anywhere on the field. And then if it's um, KB being the guy, you know, Carson does such a good job of managing the game and doing things, you know, that uh, are at a high level where. It's very competitive. We we may go with both the guys, and yeah. and then you know, based on the situation, Conklin could be in the fold. Yeah. So you, you never know. Yeah. We're, we're, hopefully, it'll play out a little bit, and you know, the last two weeks of camp, and then the first three weeks of the season before we get into Big Sky play. So calling the plays this year for you too. You'll be up in the booth. You've been up there before, but now calling the offense, um, you're very familiar with it. You know it. You've helped designed it. What uh, added wrinkles is that for you? You know, it just takes some getting used to of, you know, the emotions of the game. That's why I'm going to be up top. I want to take the emotions out. I want it to be nice and calm, you know, environment for me to call plays. The other thing is the staff has done a great job, you know, of of helping me along. And then, you know, I want to wait on, rely on them as well. Yeah. You know, so their their uh, help throughout the week is, is awesome. And it doesn't go unnoticed. And, sure, I may be calling it, but... I always, you know, love using this line that my dad used to talk about all the time, that many hands make the burden light, you know. So there's a lot of people helping out in this process. And calling the plays, that's just the fun part. Well, plus you got weapons. Oh, yeah. We have weapons. And like I tell the quarterbacks, don't feel like you have to win the game for us. We have a lot of weapons out there. So, you know, in in between series, we'll, we'll have a chance to collaborate and talk and get that input and then... You know, while the offense is out there, I'll be calling the plays. But I'm excited. It's yeah. it, it makes me feel like I'm playing again. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be the worst coordinator. I'd call a gimmick play or like a trick play every time, every single one. You know, you think that, but then having played the position, yeah. you know, quarterback, 
for me, the goal is just to have a successful play on first down, which is trying to get four yards, mm-hmm. you know, to get half of that on second down, and then to get into manageable third down distance situations. Because now when you're calling the game, yeah. I want the offense being on the field, getting into a rhythm, you know, and executing, you know, the plays as they were designed. I don't want people going out there and feeling like they have to do too much. Yeah. Just run the offense, make good decisions. Sometimes a great decision is throwing the ball away, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes it's, you know, just throwing to your hot, you know, or, or taking number one in the progression, you know, and let those guys do something with it. Yeah. Similar to with, I mean, you guys had a quick tempo and pace, like kind of mix and match on that, like you did last year. Yeah, you you have to use tempo, yeah. you know, because if you get them into a situation where they're in a in a personnel group where you could take advantage of it and you don't let them off the field, mm-hmm. they're going to get tired. Yeah, you know, so that can work to to our benefit. So we definitely want to be able to go fast at times, but there's going to be times where we're going to need to slow it up as well. Yeah. Well, it's going to be fun, Bobby. I look forward to the season. Yeah, I can't wait. It's uh, it's close. It's upon us. So we're uh, we're excited about this opportunity in front of us. Last but not least, another name familiar to the Hornet program, Jeremy LaPan. He coaches the tight ends, but also the special team. So we'll spend a few moments here with the coach learning about that tight end group that features All-American Marshall Martin, but also a very important piece to the puzzle, the special teams unit. So here is that chat I had with Jeremy LaPan. All right, so let's continue on our previews. We're visiting now with uh, Coach Jeremy LaPan, tight end, special team, still big, big responsibilities. But uh, I, I kind of want to get your perspective on uh, being back again, all the success you guys have had, and how excited you are in uh, year four with this group. But uh, back to back to back, Big Sky Champions has to feel really pretty sweet. It feels really good. Uh, we're comfortable. Like, I feel really comfortable with all the guys I really work with, but we're all very very hungry mm-hmm. to continue the success yeah. and uh you know with the leadership of coach thompson coach frescus coach richardson um i feel like we're in a really good position to keep this this train moving mm-hmm. you know in the right direction We've got yeah. a lot of veteran guys returning um, but the staff cohesion is better than better than it's ever been yeah. um and uh yeah we're just trying to maintain our culture and and uh not fall into the status quo we're just trying to keep on building mm-hmm. i'm hearing that same theme from a lot of you guys that are back coach cherokee coach fresca is richardson so far you as well that this is the best line room i've had this is the best quarterback like it's and i'm guessing you might say this i mean you've got a lot of experience back at tight end that's got to make you as a coach feel good knowing that that group you have has played a lot of games for this program yeah marshall started day one for me mm-hmm. so as a true freshman and now he's a senior so He's maintaining his weight. He's got a lot of NFL scouts looking at him, which is can be a little bit of a distraction, but I think he's pretty hungry uh, to to show that he's more of just a receiving tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie's Mr. Reliable, does everything everything right. Um, uh, can afford to cut a, you know, a few LBs here and there. He likes the food. Uh, Coleman's got a really bright future ahead of him, and you know, he would start for most yeah. of the teams around the country. Uh, but he's just behind Marshall, and then Austin Gerard is is uh, coming along really nicely. His assignment wise, he's playing really fast, uh, and he's catching the ball extremely well. You know, had a couple of really nice catches in our in our uh, um, in our last scrimmage, and so I've got four guys who all have played for me, and yeah, they they know the offense. They'll they want to install. They're like, all right, let's. I'm bored. Let's go on the next install. On the next install. So they they know everything front and back, which has been great for them. 
I mean, it's a position that's pretty demanding, whether it's blocking, uh, run protection, uh, getting downfield, underneath routes. Like, And it seems like everybody kind of has some really good strengths in that. Uh, and you did mention Marshall. I mean, it's nice for you to have an All-American back who's setting all sorts of records. And yeah. how has he handled that? And, you know, like you said, scouts scouts looking at him pretty regularly now. He's got a great foundation with his, with his parents and his whole family. Super supportive. Mm-hmm. Got a great relationship with his family. Um and uh, yeah, Marcel, he's just, I've seen him mature over the year, the years. Mm-hmm. We have a great relationship. Um, you know, he gives me feedback. I give him feedback. It's, it's kind of like a, you know, like a big brother, little brother type mm-hmm. of uh, situation. So he's, he's great. And so the foundation that his parents has, have provided for him has really allowed him to really excel you know so having that that base coming to football and us building upon that base i think we're doing things the right way with him and so it's gonna be exciting to to see what you know this next two weeks hold mm-hmm. once we start facing nickels yeah i'm sure in the past you guys have been no tight ends one tight end two tight multiple i mean similar things this year were just a variety of looks from your from your group yeah um you know i've i've you know we've we feel strongly about our tight end group mm-hmm. and so um whether we're in one tight end sets two tight end sets or three tight end mm-hmm. sets um you know, i think we're going to be uh you know tough to uh to match up against yeah. you know because of the versatility in that room you know and you know our our offense is all predicated around putting the ball you know the ball in your best player's hands and uh putting the best personnel sets on the field uh, of the guys you know so if it's if we have four killer wide receivers would be in 10 personnel if we got you know three really good running backs we'd find a way to get in you know three running back sets you know because it's uh, this this game is all about you know the players and putting them in the right positions to make plays you're also responsible for special teams and everybody's going to look right at the quarterbacks and realize oh you got two quarterbacks to replace that's that's tough to do but Kyle Sinkowski replacing him is that's a challenge. He was a stud, reliable kicker. Let's start there in the special teams, the kicking game. What can Hornets uh, expect to, to line up at the field goal unit? Yeah, it all starts with a, a snapper, um, AJ Campos. He's back. He's back. He's snapping the ball better than ever. Um, perfect laces on PT field goals. So it's a little bit like golf, you know. Like if you're out there on the golfing links, it's you know a little easy to easier to put a ball if it's just stationary mm-hmm. and you're putting it. But when you have a bad hold or a bad snap, now that ball moves on you and you're trying to putt it, right. it can be dicey. So we have a really reliable snapper coming back who's snapping the best you know, football that he's done so far. And then Zach Schreiner is uh, you know, going to be our guy. Okay. Um, he's doing you know, transfer from American River College, or I believe he was 9 of 10, long of 50. Um, he's a strong kicker. He's... You know, he's had ice in his veins this whole camp, okay. and so feel really good about him. And then kickoff-wise, I think um, we have the biggest leg I've ever seen in my in my life mm-hmm. kicking. So wow. you, uh, we've seen it at practice. You have to do it in a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's 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 special from what I've seen That's so right far. Right. Uh, so sorry, Zach is. Field goal kicking. He's he's a little reliable. Um, Evan Kiley, okay. our kickoff guy. He's he, he's a big guy, six four, two fifteen. Um, but I think Horn fans will be really excited about him. And then punter punter wise, we got the best two punter combo 
it's a little bit like Dunaway and mm-hmm. Ash last year. Um, we got two punters. Connor Stutz has had an unbelievable camp. Uh, uh, Cal McGough mm-hmm. has had a really good camp. And uh, those two guys, I it's going to be hard for me to decide who's going to punt. Mm-hmm. And most teams are looking for like, all right, we have one really good punter, and then behind him we have nothing. Right? Mm-hmm. For us, we've got two, I think, all-conference punters in, in our room. So the trick is going to be keeping both those guys happy, <laughs> yeah. you know. And hopefully yeah. we're not punting a lot. Right. So, right. so hopefully it's, you know, at the end of the year it's, He's gotten 15 reps. He's gotten 15 reps, and that's it. Yeah. Which ain't a lot for a full, mm-hmm. for a punter. Hopefully, it's not a 30 and 30 deal. Right. But um, feel confident about our offense, about our special teams. Um, but as you know, it's you know special teams is all about um, you know having buy-in from the team mm-hmm. and guys giving great effort and and uh, locking into meetings and yeah. playing physically on the field. I know last year he was everywhere in all your special teams unit. Elijah Tau Tolliver, brother, was returning coverages, tackling. Like, I'm sure he's. It's good to have him back, kind of doing all that again. Yeah, he's a he's a staple mm-hmm. in our on our special teams. Um, he's eager. He's physical. He's got great attention to detail. Um, I I can't say enough good things about Tau Tolliver. He's he's been uh, uh, a huge. Uh, um, you know, lack of a better term, like blessing for mm-hmm. uh, for myself. Another guy to look out for is Sawyer Merrill, mm-hmm. who's really fast, and uh, so I feel like we've got two of the best gunners in the country uh, in that regard. Uh, kickoff, they're going to be on there a bunch, um, you know, and then in the return game, they're they're uh, they're both really good. So, and then punt return is I've seen Fulcher back there. Who yeah. else? We yeah. Carlos Hill maybe. We got Fulcher. Uh, we got Grover. Grover's doing really good. He was a uh, punt return at Washington State, so he'll he'll do it for us um, as well. You got Carlos doing it. You got Ontario mm-hmm. uh, Ontario Smith doing it. Um, you got options. Yeah, I got some Devin Gandy doing mm-hmm. it. Uh, oh, and then Danny Scudero, mm-hmm. young he's freshman. Fast. He's really fast. Yeah. He's got a lot of juice. And the thing with him is, all right, what four games can I play him? Because mm-hmm. don't want to burn him, but. We gotta win games too, yeah. um, but Danny Scudero, he's he reminds me of a uh, a young Britton Covey who plays for the Eagles right now, who's at who's at Utah, yeah. um, little guy, but a lot of juice and studies the playbook, and uh, he's he's got a really bright future too. So some of my favorite guys, yeah. Well, Coach, I know I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure you're ready to play someone else finally. And uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. My thanks again to Coach Richardson, Tyson Prince, Donnell Pumphrey. You also heard from Bobby Frescas and Coach Jeremy LaPan. So the group is ready on the offense in our podcast episode two before we get ready for the first game of the year against Nickel State. You'll hear from head coach Andy Thompson and the defense. And then uh, we're off and running as the season is almost here. But we do thank you for listening. Tell a friend, Hornet Nation, that you're out there. This program is really developed. It's a lot of fun to follow and uh, highly ranked again and just trying to build off the last couple of years of success and make this group have their own version of success as well. But that's it for us. Again, my thanks to all the coaches. I'm Jason Ross, back again next week for another edition of the Stingers Up Sacramento State Football Podcast.